His dark passenger is still there. Oh my God, I there. forgot about that. The dark yeah. passenger. Hello. Are you going to listen to a podcast? Do you like scary podcasts? What's your favorite scary podcast? Well, it better be Guide to the Unknown. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week's Slashtober continues. This time we're going to be discussing the slashers of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're no longer content to be in the movie theater on the silver screen. That's right. They had to get smaller. Yeah. <laughs> we had to shrink them down to size to get them onto our television sets. Too big. Yep. Too mm-hmm. big. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about, I've researched the slasher centric season of American Horror Story, Mm -hmm. uh, subtitled 1984. It's a very 80s throwback slasher story at a camp. Um, And I'm also going to be talking about Dexter, the the Showtime series Dexter. Kristen? That's right. I'm going to be talking about the TV version of Scream and Harper's Island, which is a aughts slasher on CBS. Okay. Now, uh, four seconds before recording, I was insinuating that Kristen had... Um, the easier task this week. I forgot you were also doing Harper's Island, which is something that you recently watched and have already done shows about and stuff. Yes. You definitely had the easier research this week. Yeah, but I still had to like find out a lot about Scream the TV series, which stinks. Yeah, but it's part of Scream, at least. Not really. Well... It doesn't feel like it. No. No. <laughs> so no, it's just some <laughs> random, not good yeah. TV show. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, William, you are going to go first, and I want to hear about Dexter first, because we've got a bit bit of news that has me chomping at the bit, and I want to address it right off the top. Okay, sure. So weirdly, you know, listen, Kristen and I do planning sessions for the show. Like at the start of every month on patreon.com slash pod, we go live, we talk back with people in the chat, uh, backers, patrons. Uh, to try to decide what are we going to talk about for the next month of shows. When we were planning out this very episode, episode 153, and we were like, Slashers on TV, what should we do? We decided, well, Dexter does fit the theme. Mm -hmm. Even though it's somewhat of a crime show as well, we decided, well, maybe this is a fun way to talk about the character of Dexter Morgan from that show, the show itself. There are other serial killers that he hunts, so maybe we can talk about their MOs a bit. And uh, it was locked. Mm-hmm. We had it in our uh, our like sheet of shows. Yes. Today, recording day, just about an hour ago, I saw, and then you saw as we went live in our live chat, JD posted it. It's been announced today. Dexter's coming back. I can't believe that. So it's, is it the yeah. same showrunners and stuff? What what information do you have for us? Um, here's the information that I have. It was uh, posted all over the place, by the way. Um, like they, su- they posted like surprise mf on Twitter. Um, I missed Mr. This. Fudger, surprise Mr. Fudger. They yeah. posted on Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's good though, because yeah. of jokes. Oh yeah, exactly. So fine. Yeah. They, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, this is from Deadline. Breaking news, everyone. Breaking showbiz news. Mm-hmm. Um, Dexter Showtime, uh, Showtime re- revives serial killer drama as limited series. Michael C. Hall and Clyde Phillips return. So it is the showrunner. Um, from the original series and Michael C. Hall coming back as Dexter. It's going to be a 10-episode limited series. They are not calling it a 
a reboot. They're really okay. leveraging it as we're going to tell you a story that takes 10 episodes and right. we're done. I wonder if it's an aim to like re- redo the ending of Dexter. Yes. So Dexter is also very notorious. The original series, it ran from 2006 to 2013. It's notorious for just having an ending that most people uh, hated. Yeah. I, um, in our sort of like history of Dexter, I remember watching this show with you a lot. Mm-hmm. Like every week when the show came out, we would sit down to watch the show. Our friends would come over. We would like theorize what was going to happen next. It was almost like watching Lost. Yeah. We did yeah. a lot of that when Lost was on TV. A lot of like. I remember our friends coming over and doing that stuff. I remember us watching the first season of Dexter almost all the way through the day after Thanksgiving and me housing a pumpkin cheesecake oh, is that right? <laughs> that's really all i remember <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah <laughs> so like maybe like for every you know fool that dexter uh, sliced and diced i had another slice myself Shing. that's you with a knife <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going into a pumpkin pie cheesecake yes. <laughs> yum yum tasty i don't <laughs> feel so good <laughs> That's amazing. But no, I remember like obsessing over the show for a while. I made it to season four Mm -hmm. and then I bounced. I went all the way, baby. It is one of the the times where like a show that I've seen other people continue to obsess about and I've been like, should I have stopped watching that? Or like Game of Thrones. Should I have finally gotten into that? I know people loved that. And then I just, at a certain point years later, marvel as the series finale comes out and everyone hates it and they're like, like, this sucked. Why did I? And I'm like. You should have been like me and just been on the sidelines and not engaged with it at all. Right. right. I bounced from Dexter mm-hmm. after season four. And it went on to have, uh, um, you know, by all accounts, I've, I've not watched it. I think I did go back and try to watch some of that finale. And mm-hmm. I saw exactly what everyone else said of like, what are they doing? And he... Spoiler alert for these things, by the way. I assume we're spoiling Yes, these. I'm spoiling everything. We, we're going to spoil every show that we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Dexter, American Horror Story 1984... Uh, Scream, the TV show, and Harper's Island yep. are all getting spoiled on this episode. We like to do shows where we get to talk without without limitation, and especially I'll about also old be stuff. Mentioning it's not going to be an in depth thing. Um, one episode of Psych that is themed around Friday the Thirteenth called oh, Tuesday right. the Seventeenth. Okay, I'll be spoiling fine. that. Right on. Um, but yeah, so like in this show, at the end of Dexter, he he hangs up the the knife and he you know on his wall he, he retires. The, the, the knife. knife. <laughs> and he becomes a logging mountain man in Alaska with a weird blonde beard that looks taped to his face. Well, like an like, SNL beard. I think he like disappears on the sea. Yes, he and does. And then ends up there. Yeah, yeah. Then they cut to like a, a, yes. a diner in Alaska and he dangerously looks up at the camera, face down, eyes up with his evil Dexter face. <laughs> His dark passenger is still there. Oh my God, I forgot about that. The dark passenger. And that was the last we saw of him was that he's just still out there. Mm -hmm. I know, (laughs) I know. It was bad. I watched all of it. I don't regret watching all of it, even Mm -hmm. though I know I didn't like it. Because I must have enjoyed it on some level if I kept watching it. Or was it just like a completionist sort of thing? No, I'm not that way. Mm, it's weird that I Curiosity am that way or something, but I will, I'll leave. Yeah. I'll leave a show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, very poorly received critically and, um, from audiences. Mm-hmm. And so here we are 
what, four years later. It's coming out next year, by the way. They're saying 2021. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm interested. I'm interested. I, I, will, I will watch this. Oh, yeah, I totally. will give it at least a shot. I think that- I'll probably watch all of it knowing me. Mm, even like, you know, it makes me think about Breaking Bad and how obviously they've done now the, the prequel series mm. of Better Call Saul with Bob Odenkirk, but then they did that Netflix movie, El yeah. Camino. And I think there's supposed to be other stuff happening too. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, treat these. You created a whole world for Dexter. Tell some stories in there and don't be afraid to to defy format. I almost yeah. wish it was a movie. I almost mm-hmm. wish that it was like a 90-minute epilogue yeah. or follow-up or something like that. I love like the that. idea of movies tying things up. Like, yeah. I would love if there was a Glow movie on Netflix. That's mm-hmm. a show that they just decided it was supposed to have a fourth season and it got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. And I really hope they just do a movie or something to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, why not? Like, I, mm-hmm. formats are becoming... Less and less right, um, important. important. Like Disney just backed streaming. Yeah. Um, that was all over the entertainment uh, sites in the past week that Disney's going to go hard on streaming and not so much for live theater. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, just why? Are, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Just make stuff. Absolutely. We're all we're standing by and yeah. everyone wants it. Um, Hollywood, are you listening? Mm-hmm. Let's make stuff. Let's make stuff. Let's make stuff. Um, so anyway, Dexter ran for eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, 2013 is when it ended. Okay. Sorry, 2013. So it's been seven years of, of a gap. Anyway, it ran for eight seasons. It was based on a book called Darkly Dreaming Dexter. And season one of the show largely follows that original book um, where we learn the following. We meet Dexter. He's a blood spatter analyst for the Miami Police Department. And he uh, is a serial killer. He has what he believes to be his dark passenger, mm-hmm. which is his sort of um, personified um, psychopath personality inside him that compels him to kill. However, Dexter was raised by an adoptive father, Harry Morgan, who was a police officer himself, and recognized psychopathic serial killer traits in Dexter from a young age and decided to, rather than hide those impulses and reflexes to kill what if we harnessed them mm-hmm. for good yeah which is an odd idea and why i think this show was probably so fascinating at the time mm-hmm. he started honing dexter's psychopathy yeah taking him out to go hunting letting him kill small animals and stuff and eventually teaching him what becomes known as harry's code you should be punishing evildoers mm-hmm. go out there dexter you are a serial killer but hey, what if you hunt serial killers? Right. What if you take out the scum of the world? People that are killing for fun, enjoyment, um, pleasure, child molesters, things like that. And in a weird way, I always viewed Dexter um, to be something of like a Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Batman who's, you know, not only is Batman willing to kill, it's the only thing he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Batman has his one really won't break, which is I won't kill. Right. So it's a little bit the opposite. Dexter will only kill. Mm-hmm. But um, each season of the show follows a very um, rigid format, I would say. Dexter meets another serial killer yeah. who will be our big bad for the entire season. Um, this serial killer that he meets, much like how Batman comes up against the Joker. And the Joker is like a, a mirror image of Batman who's like, I've gone mad and nothing matters. There are no rules at all. Or he meets Harvey Dent, who is a mirror image of Batman in that I uphold the law by day, but also I'm a little crazy and I'm a little unhinged. Like all of Batman's rogues gallery 
are mirror images of himself. Mm -hmm. That's what Dexter has as well. Yeah. Every time he meets a new serial killer, something about their personality is a metaphor for Dexter's personal life struggles or um, the way that he seeks to understand himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then amongst that season, there are also little serial killers here and there that Dexter just picks up and kills along the way, uh, just episode by episode. So... Season one of Dexter, I'm not going to talk about all of them. Yeah. Season one of Dexter is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for it, sure. It concerns um, a serial killer known as the Ice Truck Killer. And it gets into Dexter's origin story, who he is, where he came from. And we learn the following. Dexter, when he was a child, when he was about three years old, his mother was taken by criminals, along with him, Dexter, at three, and put into a shipping container. They dismembered her with a chainsaw, leaving her blood soaking like three inches of blood on mm-hmm. the floor of that shipping container, and they just leave Dexter in there with her. Mm-hmm. They are not found for two days. Um, when that shipping container is opened again, it is Harry Morgan who sees this kid who has now spent two days looking at the corpse of his mother and lying in her blood and thinks this child is going to have a horrible life. Uh, what a what a what an awful thing to happen to this kid! I will adopt him and make his life better, and that then rolls into everything I just described of Harry being like, I I was right. He's he's a serial killer kid, but maybe I can help him. Yeah, um, he was born in blood. Born in blood. <laughs> Dexter grows up to be a loser. Yeah, he talks like that he all talks the time. Like this. He brings <laughs> donuts to the office. His lips are very pink. The mask is slipping. <laughs> God, I can't watch you do that. A lot of long. It's so accurate, though, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) It's it's so accurate. I really enjoyed that show, and Michael C. Hall is great in it. Yeah. But um, it is ripe for parody. It certainly is. It's very hammy. Is slipping. Ooh, Dexter twenty twenty parody. My mask is slipping, and he has to lift it up over his nose inside the Piggly Wiggly. Oh my god. Or or he this goes is around. Probably why they brought it back. This is what he does. He drives around Miami at night, talking about the nature of his dark passenger. Yeah. And then he looks out the window and he says, "Your mask is slipping," to people whose masks are dipping below their noses. Or he <laughs> notes that while everybody else is feeling lonely in quarantine, he's never alone mm. because of his dark passenger. Exactly. I can't socially distance from my dark passenger. <laughs> yeah. I- God. Also, uh, maybe 2020 parody, maybe more like 2018 or 2019 parody. His dark passenger is his Uber passenger in the back seat. Oh my God. Waka waka. Oh God. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, Dexter in season one, they're trying to, the entire Miami PD is obsessed with the ice truck killer. He is um, taking people and dismembering them. And the way that he dismembers them leaves no blood whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And Dexter is obsessed with blood it makes him queasy but he's drawn to it and he uh sort of like observes the masterful stroke of being able to make sure that these dismembered bodies are done so cleanly without a drop spilt mm-hmm. um he will eventually learn that the ice truck killer is his big brother biney yeah as pronounced in the show it's brian biney biney uh who was also in that shipping container but no one knew that i know how do you you know just biney. no one knew that yeah but he was he was there from the start, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Dexter learns he has a brother. They essentially came from the same past, but took two divergent routes. Right. Um, Brian is a serial killer that has no rules. Mm-hmm. Dexter is a serial killer with a rigid set of rules. And so it's a very uh, Batman Joker kind of scenario. 
Uh, except that Dexter kills him in season one, and we just right. don't have to talk about that anymore. Naturally. I always thought, even even between the break from one to two, I was like, oh, maybe Dexter will see like the phantom of his brother. Yeah, and... I know. I remember us talking about that. Oh, see? my God. I told you yes. a lot of theorizing about it. I think we did a lot of theorizing. I don't remember people coming over to watch it like Lost. I do by the time we get to four. Okay. So season one, season two is about a different thing. Season three is about a different thing. They None of them were bad, but none of them captivated no- me. Not that notable. The one that took the world by storm. The season of Dexter that everybody turned to watch was season four, where they introduced John Lithgow Mm -hmm. playing the Trinity Killer. Um, The Trinity Killer, his serial killer MO in his reality, he's a man named Arthur Mitchell, and he kills in threes. He always kills a young woman in a bathtub and makes it look like it was a suicide. He pushes a woman from a high place and makes her fall to her death, and he bludgeons a man, usually in an alleyway. Dexter is always hunting these serial killers and trying to catch them before the Miami police do so that he can dispatch them with his own brand of justice. He catches Arthur Mitchell and watches him and follows him back home and learns Arthur Mitchell, the Trinity killer, has a family. They sit around the table. They have family dinner together. Everyone seems happy, and it's what Dexter has always wanted. Mm -hmm. And he starts to look at Arthur Mitchell, the Trinity killer, as almost something of a potential mentor. Yeah, he's like, he cracked the code. He gets to kill people, but also have a nice life. Yes. Also like Batman, who's constantly trying to balance his his, uh, vigilante life with his personal life. Dexter is all about, like, how can I make sure that I satisfy my psychopathic need, and yet I have, like, a girlfriend who's got kids and like, mm-hmm. sh- maybe she'll be my wife and I have a sister and I have a life and I have a job. How do I balance all of these things? And he sees John Lithgow is doing it all until we find out he's done none of it. Mm-hmm. John Lithgow is holding his entire family hostage essentially mm-hmm. um, and forcing them to seem like a happy family. Also, my, one of my proudest, um, uh, proudest TV watching moments of my life. I called what happened in this season. I called it, I was proud of it then, and I'm proud of it now. And I want you all to hear my pride. The Trinity Killer. The Trinity Killer. He kills three people. Girl in a tub, woman off a building, man in an alleyway. I said at the time, this is just what people think this guy's doing. What if there's another kind of victim? Turned out that's exactly what's going on. The Trinity Killer in his own life when he was a kid, his sister caught him peeping on her in the shower... There was a scuffle. She ended up dying. The glass from the shower like broke and cut her and she died. His mother then in her grief jumped off the house to her death. His father, I think, became an alcoholic and was assaulted in an alleyway and beaten to death. Mm -hmm. And the fourth victim is Arthur himself. He always starts every cycle of three by killing a kid, a young boy that he hides in the foundation of a house um, that will then be cemented over. Arthur is the start of his own cycle. He kills young himself. Mm-hmm. He's the quadrilogy killer, the quadrinity killer, the quadro killer, the yeah. quad. The chic quadro killer. The chic, That's five. The chic, the chic quadro no. has five? No, it's not. Never mind. That it's would four. be baffling. That would be. <laughs> I was thinking it's like like the, the top. The new chic quadro with five blades. <laughs> I was thinking that like five blades is kind of like the top like Cadillac of razors. Okay. And quattro seems to the shit quattro is like, is like the, the, a nice razor. It's the name, right? So I was thinking, but no, put, of course not. You could put quattro and cinco together. Exactly. Mm. Imagine that razor. You got nine. Whew. 
<laughs> be like that big. It's <laughs> huge. So anyway, uh, Dexter figures it out and just gets him. Right. Uh, but it was great. Yes. It was great. It was fascinating. Well, it has one also, of the greatest like reveals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, he kills Dexter's girlfriend. Yeah. That was one of the most shocking TV moments. I couldn't agree more. I loved it. Whoa. I loved I loved this season of Dexter. I think we watched the episode when it was over. I think so. Yeah. I think we were, we were like, what? I agree. Because they always yeah. do that, like they play it and then they replay it. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think we did. Yeah. I think we were talking about it and it was on and then we we're just like, just watch just it again. Just sit here and yeah, keep yeah, yeah. looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was so good it that I walked so away good. from the show itself. Yeah. <laughs> like the elephant man, I was like, it'll never get better. Right. And it's where the elephant man comes up in my thing today. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. This one's for you, Mr. Merrick. Yeah. Um, I seem to have been correct in walking away. Yeah. Um, I researched future stuff and it's like the doomsday killer, Colin Hanks and Edward James almost believe the world is ending. Yep. So they're killing people according to the book of revelations, but nah, Edward James almost is a, f- a figment of yep. Colin Hanks's imagination. That's correct. It's just like, Dexter seeing the ghost of his father. Like every one of these killers is yeah. always, always um, a metaphor for Dexter himself, which is good. Mm-hmm. But just like, man, they the Trinity Killer was too good. Also, yeah. season four, they had the Trinity Killer. Yeah. Season four had a guy that kills in four. Well, he ends up, yeah. Right. Which is great. Yeah. Um, so I started looking at some of the, the greater Dexter world. Mm-hmm. So Dexter the series was based on Dexter the book. Right. However, after season one, they stopped adapting the book. For good reason. Here are the rest of the books. I know. We've looked at this before. Uh, here are their names, and then I'm going to all, well, I'll just read you. I just wrote down a couple dinky things about them, really. I'm, I'm basically, I'm done talking about Dexter. So there's um, the sequel to um, to Dearly Beloved Dexter, or whatever it was Dearly called. Departed Dexter Dearly, or something? Something like that. Yeah. The second book is Dearly Devoted Dexter. I know, Dexter. it's Darkly Dreaming Dexter. That's Thank what it you. is. Thank yeah. you. One is Darkly Dreaming Dexter. Here we are with two, Dearly Devoted Dexter. A man named Danko. Okay. Danko is killing people according to a game of hangman. So every time they get a letter wrong, that he, he cuts off one of their legs. What? Okay. Well, and other stuff too. Sure. You run out of legs fast. I, I would think. So he cuts off other stuff too. Yeah. Uh, and Dexter starts to realize that Rita's kids are psychopaths as well. Oh, as yeah. Looking mm-hmm. forward to teaching them Harry's code. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> what are the chances? What are we doing? Yeah. All right. Book three is called Dexter in the Dark. He starts to believe that his dark passenger is a separate entity from him. Perhaps mm. perhaps the god Moloch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a cult that worships Moloch. I remember this. Did you read these? No, no, I know that you and I have looked at these before. Okay. Here are just the names of the rest. I, I wanted to write down similar like blurbs of like what they were about, but... Yeah, mm. no need. All right, there's Dexter by Design. There's Dexter is Delicious. It has something to do with food. Oh, my God. I think he ate someone. Okay. <laughs> They insinuate he ate someone. Okay. I'm not sure if he actually did. Yeah. Dexter is delicious. All right. Well, then Dexter would find somebody delicious. It's not necessarily Dexter is delicious. Right. I think someone did want to eat him. Okay. Okay. Um, Double Dexter. And then they stop knowing how to do stuff with D's. Yeah. Dexter's final cut. Oh. Okay. Um, He's the... He's a... Director? (laughs) <laughs> he's like a subject matter expert for like a documentary or something that's being filmed oh okay there and the last book came out in 2015 dexter is dead mm. and it ends with him uh being thrown into the water so he's not oh okay so we don't know so it's kind of similar to the ending of the series i would say he's it's more than water. kind of similar yeah okay 
All right. That's everything they made of Dexter. <laughs> to date. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, there's going to be more now. All right. All right. Excellent. All right. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I am too. No, no, no. You got. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, man. I forgot I had to talk about this. <laughs> All right. You can do a quick. Right? Well, <laughs> I oh, William. Try. I what, tr- what are you planning on saying about it? <sighs> this is where we have to be really careful. Okay. I know I don't like it when I sound negative. I know. And I know that other other people don't like it either. But I'm still tasked with talking to you about American Horror Story Season 9, 1984. Mm -hmm. That's what we agreed to. It's in my contract. Right. Right. We agreed on Patreon. Kristen would sue me. Yes. If I I didn't talk about what I agreed to talk about. Um, I spoke recently on this show about something that we saw at Universal Horror Nights called Bill and Ted's yes. Excellent Halloween Adventure, mm-hmm. where they take elements from the past year and just do them again on stage. And so it's just like, here's Darth Vader doing Gongam style. Right. Like, it's that. I watched American Horror Story 1984 and felt not that few similarities mm-hmm. to Bill and Ted's Halloween I mean, you make a good point. Adventure. Yeah. I was a fan of American Horror Story. I really enjoyed season one. Mm-hmm. I watched season two. Even back then at the start, I started realizing, wait a minute. <laughs> started going. Hold on. Hold the phone. Does this suck? It's kind of fun to take horror stuff I've seen before and do it in a new way. But when you do that for 10 years, yeah. it starts to feel like you are bottling my nostalgia to sell it to me. Mm-hmm. And it starts to feel cynical. Mm-hmm. And that is how I feel about American Horror Story 1984. Yeah. It is bundled to look like a 1980s slasher throwback. It takes place at a place called Camp Redwood, where a serial killer is hunting the counselors. However, that is not what this show is about. I repeat, it is not not what this show is about. How much of it did you watch? I don't know. Okay. I, I watched some stuff from the beginning, middle, and end. Okay. I realized that I had watched, I realized that I had tried to watch this mm-hmm. um, and forgotten it. Like my play history had episode one and episode two done. Yeah. So I just looked up the synopses of them and jumped ahead and then watched someone. I was like, all right, show me where this is going. And I jumped a little further and then I watched the last like four episodes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow was right. Yeah. It was hard yeah to watch yeah so again i watched all of it i can't tell what i'm really even looking at anymore i don't know if it's supposed to be scary <laughs> if i'm supposed to be scared i can't tell if i'm supposed to no, think it's funny i think you're supposed to think it's funny I but don't... am i supposed to think it's like good jokes or bad jokes does it think it's Look, making good jokes i haven't seen it since it came out last year Yes, I think I think you are meant to laugh. Here, I'll say that. I think, I think you're, meant, you're to meant to laugh. I don't know if it's because these are good jokes. I have a theory. Or it's like, oh, this is so goofy, ironic right. jokes. I'm not sure. I have a theory. Okay. My theory is based around Mel Brooks's The Producers. Okay. The premise of which is um, it's possible to make more money with a flop mm. on Broadway than with a hit. I think... That American Horror Story is deliberately bad. I think you're nuts. So that people will, they want people to have that feeling of going like, do you see what they just did? Do you see that? I don't think people do that. I think reality TV does that. But how do you account for the fact that I'm aware of meta stuff? Like I'm aware that Billy Eichner, who I love, was in recent seasons and uh, like made a robot Mm -hmm. on the show. How do you account for that? 
as like a, a creative decision. Taste that is not ours. Is that they, what it is? Yes, because there are obviously people who like it. You know? Yeah. Yes. There are. I, I yes, there are. But yeah. I can't tell. I just can't. I just can't tell what I'm looking at. No. I'm, no I'm going to say something that's it. not nice and might not make the cut. Okay. I'm warning you. Like, look at the timestamp. This might not make it. Okay. In. There is a person on the show. Okay. There is a person on the show who has a Danny DeVito quality to them. He's an older man. He is of short stature. They keep putting him in feathered wigs. <laughs> oh, who is that man? That's Leslie Jordan. People love okay. Leslie Jordan. I enjoyed his performance. Danny DeVito like in stature. Am I not wrong? Yes, I would say you are wrong. He reminded because me. That makes me think of a short, like wider person. Leslie um, Jordan is just like kind of short. He's definitely not even D- Danny DeVito short. Okay. Who is he? Is he an actor? Yes, he's an actor. He was on Will and Grace. Okay. Is yes. the joke that he's not really that good an actor? I don't know. It's campy. He's, yeah, he's campy. Yes. He's campy. They keep putting him in wigs. He has a very wigs. strong, huge Instagram presence now. Okay. Our mom loves him. I will tell you this. I really enjoyed seeing Actually, him. Actually, I love him too. He was yeah. one of the few things that I watched this season. I was like, I'm yeah, enjoying they, what you're doing. I think they think it's f- funny that they've put him in this thing because it looks silly. He's an older guy and he's wearing like a rocker He's clearly thing. an old man. Yes, he is. And they keep this putting him- This is staying in, in. They keep putting him in feathered wigs, like feathered hair wigs. And then they put him in like little jackets that have pins on them, like he's a, a Do rock keep, producer. They keep doing it in this season. Yes, or? in this okay. season. Okay, because he's in other seasons. I was like, am I forgetting them constantly putting Leslie Jordan in? Wigs? Okay, <laughs> although no. they might, they might, they might. Yeah, and I, I, he keeps like hemming and hawing and wringing his hands about things that are going on and yeah, stressing. That's what he's like. Um, there's a quality to him like Zelda Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I was looking at it and trying to figure out what. He's there for, and I think it's so that I will laugh at him, yes. which I don't like that they want me to do. No, that no, I don't think it's mean spirited laugh it at feels, him. No, he's fully in on it. But he's not like your American horror story takes are terrible. He's not like acting. <laughs> you know? I know, but he's one of those people who like acts the way that they are. But like no one on the show is acting except for John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, he's the only performer who's like acting like this is serious and real and he elevates it somehow I know it's weird everything else on the show feels like it's facetious yes everything on the show feels like it's being made sarcastically yes the show Definitely. feels like it is itself as a production sarcastic yes and so therefore I don't know what to do while I... it's on <sighs> I don't know. You can feel what they want you to do. I feel instead. Enjoy it and laugh. Mm, I feel resentment (laughs) because I do. I feel. (laughs) I I must admit. I do. I think that they've been afforded a wonderful opportunity to make a show for television and they are making a farce of the experience of making a show. I don't have the same like I would imagine creative in entertainment <laughs> resentment. I that find you it a do. little. I find it frustrating. Yes, I understand that. It's like a dream. But I do think it's insane. It's I insane. Think it's insane. It's I don't insane. know how it keeps getting renewed. Like before seasons even come out. Uh-huh. I think it stinks. And yet I've watched <laughs> much of it. I watched all of this season. You're part of the problem. I know. <laughs> I think you're. And part I probably won't stop. I think you're actively part. I am. I am actively 
part of this problem and I won't I won't stop. I would have stopped if this was if the next season that's coming whenever it comes was not with some of our heavies from the show historically. Like Evan Peters is going to be back in it. He is. Sarah Paulson is going to be back in it. Okay. Cause they're I not in this. Else. No. And not only that, not, the fact that they're not in it gave it a quality of scary movie four. To- completely. Where it's just like, I don't even know. Like nobody who started this is here anymore. Completely. The Wayans brothers have been gone for a long time. Anna Ferris. Yeah. Where you're just not here, I guess anymore. And now I'm left with, the guy that played Charlie Stevens. What's his name? What? Charlie, what Charlie Estevez. Of? What's his name? What are you Charlie doing? Sheen. Oh, okay. You're still okay. talking about scary movies. Yes, I'm okay. sorry. I was really struggling to come up with the name Charlie Sheen. Okay. It's been a minute yeah. since I had my tiger blood. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's little brother from yeah, one yeah. of the scary movie series becomes the main actor in the scary movies. Oh, my God. And it's just like... Oh, I forgot. Like I blinked and saw suddenly none of my friends were at the party anymore. And I'm here with strangers. Yes. That's what this show is like. Watching them, I would say specifically Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson has been the only thing keeping me going through because I find both of them great and very compelling to watch. So I've watched multiple seasons of American Horror Story, not liking it, but I'm like, I love watching these people. I like their faces. I think they're good at acting. I like watching them. I watched this one out of curiosity Mm -hmm. and habit and maybe it was something to watch. And I was like, this stinks. If there was going to be the next season and they still weren't there i wouldn't touch it really unless the trailers looked like amazing and there was somebody else to fill the gap but like this this stable of actors currently do not compel me in the same way so if there's no story there and no compelling actors what am i doing here yeah there was something that happened very early on in the show the opening credits which are somewhat iconic Mm -hmm. Um, they used to be shot as a series of like vignettes. I will show you this image. I will show you that image. And it was directed by the guy that directed Nine Inch Nails Closer, Mm -hmm. I think. So he's used to just like making like a little tableau of insane things. But all the things that he was filming were metaphors for story elements from the show. So there was a, there was a cared for quality to season one of that show, Mm -hmm. even though it was riffing on stuff like The Shining, even though it was riffing on things I've seen before. Um, it had a, it had a quality of like, what's old is new and we've been studying horror and we're going to present you a new story using bits and pieces that have been discarded for a long time. Now, when you watch it, it's like a VHS, the opening credits of this are like a VHS of an aerobics class. Well, I think that was unique to this season. Because the previous season still had that sort of thing going on with the opening credits. Okay. I think that this was a departure because it was like a straight up 80s thing. So they wanted it to be themey, mm-hmm. like an 80s VHS. But the other seasons still had like filmed separate vignettes and stuff. I'm going to take that on faith. Okay. But I do have to let you know mm-hmm. that I have seen parts of the previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And I've already brought up that Billy Eichner made a robot. Yeah, I know. In the show that was about the apocalypse. Yeah. So I know that this show doesn't hold together anymore. I'm not saying it does. I'm saying specifically what you were saying about the opening. Specifically the opening credits. Yeah, I'm okay. saying the opening, they still did there's, that. But there's not the cared for no, quality. No, okay. William, it stinks. Okay. So, all right. So let me tell you very briefly about what the show actually is. No, now. no. Yes. No, we've I been ha- talking no, no, no. for so long. I need to tell you about Mr. Jingles. You better hurry up. I have to. You better hurry up. So the show opens with Emma Roberts. <laughs> She goes to the camp. She's going to be a camp counselor. At the camp counselor, recently, there was a serial killer. His name is Mr. Jingles. That's problem one. It made me think of there was a serial killer brought up in earlier seasons named Bloody Face. Yes. 
bad killer names. Problem two, Bloody Face says something that I think about every once in a while that makes me feel so horrible. You know what it is? Is that what you're covering your mouth? No. Oh. No, the second that season two started and they were like, legend has it that Bloody Face. I I was like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, I can feel myself. I can feel myself pulling away. Oh, yeah. I can feel myself being like, this is different from season one. People love that season, too, which is great, but I don't. Um, Bloody Face is disgusting. And lame. What did he say? He has a whole mother thing. Right. He says, baby needs colostrum. <laughs> okay. Oh. You think about that frequently? Is that what you no, said? Like every once in a while it pops in my head and I'm like, oh God, I, I hate think that about I that. saw that. Think about that every day. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Emma Roberts is at the camp where a serial killer named Mr. Jingles does killings. Yes. But also one year ago she was getting married and her husband on at the wedding at the altar uh accused her of sleeping with someone else and she's like what are you talking about no i no he didn't like the audience is here like we're getting married right this he pulls a gun out starts shooting people and she's screaming and it's horrible and they start playing billy idol's white wedding mm-hmm. um which is the the first musical irony bit of the series but not the end no. They just keep putting in songs that don't fit on... I know that Quentin Tarantino does that. Like, I know that people who do that successfully put put upbeat music on horrible things and it works in, yeah. a, in, a, in a fun, grim, satisfying way. That has never happened in a Ryan Murphy show for me. Mm-hmm. It always feels like there is some creator out there telling me I should be enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Yeah. So a year ago, she, her husband killed people at her wedding. So that's her backstory. But also... She was assaulted by Richard Ramirez. Yes, I know. The Night Stalker. The real-life serial killer Richard Ramirez is a character on this show. This also happened to Emma Roberts. Mm -hmm. And now she's at the camp where a serial killer is stalking it. Those are three different stories that could be three different series in a world where we take time. I hate that Richard Ramirez is in this. In a world where we take time to develop stuff, those those things are fodder for different kinds of stories in American horror story. They're like 10 minutes of one episode watching the show is there's a frantic frenetic quality where yes. they just introduce a character and then they go, he's like, well, I'm gay for pay. And then we just meet someone else who's like an aerobics concern. And she's like, aerobics is life at like their identities and their problems appear and disappear every four seconds. There's someone new and something else happening. It is impossible. And in some other show, I feel like it's not impossible that we would be like, yeah, the pace is really fast. Like things in this show, another show would take a whole episode for, but this one's just part of the thing. Yes. But it's not executed well. It doesn't feel good. Yes. No, this is a show where people sit around talking and just say what's happening real fast. Where Mm -hmm. they go like, so wait a minute, all this time you've been saving my life? Yeah. Like they'll just say what you're supposed to have gathered. Yeah. And like they just just move on. Just move it along. Just move it along. The whole show feels like I'm just being like pulled into the next mm-hmm. scene. <laughs> like I can't keep up. Um, um, so uh my review of American Horror Story in 1984, it is not about a summer camp. It is not about a serial killer. Yeah. Those those are two things that are in it. I'm not even sure if they've seen any 80s slash. I, I just watched Sleepaway Camp 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like not what those movies were like. I just watched all of Friday the it's 13th. It's just that it's at a camp. It's just that it's at a camp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, we got to move on. We have to. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm Listen, I took so many notes. <laughs> I took so many notes. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. American Horror Story 1984. Don't. 
Just, well, <laughs> keep watching it. I don't care. It's what mainstream I mean, horror is now, too. You know, like... Not all of it. But There's good horror out there. It is mainstream horror, though. Yes, it is yes. mainstream horror. Yeah. It's not even horror. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of. Like I said, no, it is. It is. It's not good, well, but it is. Well, stabbing someone, is that just horror? And it's it's slapstick. No, it's, it's like... um. It's like I three stooges. slapstick. At least this season was. Yeah. I mean, other seasons, even if they're not great, aren't like that. Like, that was a very different season. And yeah. like I said, I've seen a bunch of them, and I don't think they're good. Or I, I personally don't like them. Yeah. But they weren't like that. Last season was especially bad. Right. And, like, tonally different. Like, the season before that, which was, I guess, Apocalypse, um, wasn't like goofy like that it was taking like a serious tone yeah so i don't know i don't know what the hell was going on it's a stunner it's a stunner all right (laughs) it's a scream baby it's a scream so before we move on to talk about scream the original tv series we just want to tell you a little bit about ourselves you can go to gttupod.com to find everything we do and that includes our patreon which is at patreon.com slash gttupod where you get a bonus episode per month if you sign up to support us for $4 a month at the Netherworld Warrior level. You also get a live stream every month where we plan out the next four weeks of episodes and we talk back to the chat just like Will mentioned at the beginning. It's really, really cool. And there's also now a Discord just for people on Patreon. And there's activity on that every day. It's a really nice community. We really appreciate you helping us produce the show. And so we give you fun stuff to thank you for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Also, I would just want to put this out there for people. Um, if you like the stuff that Kristen and I make, you need to go to two places. One, go to huntakiller.com slash blog, where you can read new pieces mm-hmm. written by Kristen sitting right here Me. about horror. Kristen wrote an article about those uh, those moments in children's horror movies that inadvertently scarred generations yep. and generations of kids. She also wrote another article about the uh, the sort of tourism around the, the Blair Witch mm-hmm. franchise. And uh, if I'd wager, I'd say there's probably more on the way. There is. There's more to come. So check that out. That's huntakiller.com slash blog. Also, get another tab going, mm-hmm. huntakiller.com slash Blair Witch, and just sign up for the game because it's fun. Yeah, it's really awesome. And William helped write it. That's right. Yes. So check it out. It's really, really super cool. There are audio elements within that mm-hmm. that I think you'll enjoy if you enjoy listening to us. It's basically like getting to play a new Blair Witch movie. Oh, yeah. It's really, really awesome. So yeah. definitely check out those things. It's a story you discover. It's yeah. a game you play. Just like you said, if there's something you listen to in that, I worked on it. Mm-hmm. I either did the sound design for it or I scripted it. Yeah. So uh, check that out to to like hear my work and stuff and other stuff. I wrote like the the documents and the the story yeah. itself along with the team. So check that out. Super super cool. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Scream first because then we'll end with something a little bit more positive and upbeat, which is Harper's Island. Oh, so this is not actually be good. Okay. No. <laughs> No. Now, I didn't watch a lot of it. I skipped around, not unlike you. I watched the first episode, and then I kind of skipped around. I did some reading and stuff. But I want to open us with a quote from the kind of Randy proxy in Mm -hmm. Scream, the TV series, named Noah. He says, quite self-awarely, you can't do slasher movies as a TV show. Slasher movies burn bright and fast. TV gets to stretch things out. By the time the first body is found, it's only a matter of time until the bloodbath commences. Right. Meaning in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I get, true. Okay. Yeah, so we need to move quick in a movie. We stretch out in a TV show. It doesn't work for the format. And yet he's inside of a slasher TV show. 
Are you? You are get you, it. I do. I can't tell if you're making fun of it. I am. I am. In a good way or in a bad way? It's like fine. I get it. It's Randy talks about sequels. I know. It's in referencing Scream, but right. again, not unlike me saying that without Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson in American Horror Story. Just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right to yeah. me. Like, I don't need necessarily, although I love Nev Campbell and the gang there for the TV show, but like these characters didn't feel really that compelling to me. They're distinctly not going for the vibe of Scream in yeah. that show, which I, more than which anything. Which is weird because they're yeah. saying things that are so screamy. Yes. And yet the vibe isn't there. So it seems just like kind of hokey. Yeah. It, it didn't really feel right. Agreed. So the first season of the TV show came out in 2015. It's in a totally different world than the Scream franchise. It has nothing to do with that. Like in this TV show world, Sidney Prescott probably doesn't even exist or anything. Right. Um, there's a new ghost face mask. It's not the one that we're used to. This one is, it's not as long. It's a little bit shorter. I'd say the chin is where a human chin often lives. Okay. Uh, <laughs> It has just like a little like round O hole for a mouth and it's like dark and gray. A round O hole? Yeah, it's like an O shaped hole. Yeah, I guess. It's your <laughs> mouth. An O hole. If I say mouth shaped, it could just be like a normal mouth. Jeremy, put the food in your O hole and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this revolves around, we already have a kind of supposed suspect that everybody thinks the killings are being executed by. by yep i lost yeah. it um this is about brandon james who killed five students 20 years before the events of the show that we're watching so they explained the mask he has was there because he had proteus syndrome what the elephant man had oh so he was wearing a mask in life all the time probably not the scary scream mask mask with the o-hole that they use later but this is a person who wore a mask all the time in life and he got jumped at a school dance after trying to talk to a girl he had a crush on, removing his mask and scaring her. And then some like mean jocks were walking by, saw her yell while she's talking to this guy, and they like beat the hell out of him. Um, he started after that a killing spree where he killed those five students. And it ended when the cops killed him in a sting operation where the girl he had a crush on agreed to meet him. But did they really kill him back then? Could he be back slicing up a new generation of high school students? So Scream the TV show plays a little more on the 2015 fascination with serial killers yeah. than it does like horror movie culture and the rules and things like that. It's a lot more true crime focused. This was made the year after Serial came out. So everybody oh. was in a real tizzy well, that's interesting. about true crime and stuff. I don't think that's necessarily the wrong move. I definitely think no, that true either. crime and Scream go hand in hand, mm -hmm. but they went really primarily yeah. with with like true crime and with a, a very odd story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um that dude Noah that I quoted before said some guys like sports, I like serial killers, and Brandon James is my Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Wait, he's the whole team? Yes. That, apparently. That line couldn't have been like and he's my John Elway. Yeah, right. Is that a you know football what I mean? player? Yeah. Okay. Um but right like it's Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. I was watching this with like a pencil in my mouth like hmm okay i'll write that one down this is strange the more the show went on the more i liked that performer though the yeah, guy that plays you showed noah me some clips from him uh late like in the second season yeah and he seems like he's the best of them yes he he pulls it together and he becomes one him and audrey mm -hmm. yep 
Audrey. The two of them become sort of like the 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 heart of the show. I think a little bit. It, not not literally in like heart as in the part of the show that f- makes you feel anything, but no, in but terms like, of like what makes the show work. Yeah, right? yeah. They they definitely are the most compelling of yes. the people there. I right. feel like. Um, also, in this, rather than menacing phone calls, they get menacing texts. This was done first and assuredly better by something that I wish I had thought to grab and say I would cover during this instead of scream, Pretty Little Liars. Oh, my God. In 2010. Is that a slasher? It's close enough. It's close enough. People die. People get slashed. The slashing doesn't happen that often. So that's probably why it didn't jump immediately to mind. But it has a lot of the trappings of slashers. I'll tell you what. I would love to hear you talk about Pretty Little Liars. I would love to hear you talk about that. Let's find a way. Okay. We'll find a way. I absolutely Kristen's told me about this show before where I just start going like, I, who, what? Also a tough landing. Not unlike Dexter. A tough ending. Tough landing. Yeah. But it's coming back though, right? Aren't they doing more of that? No. Oh, no. I thought they were doing another series. No. They did a spin-off called The Perfectionists oh. that had two of the characters from Pretty Little Liars in it, and I tried to watch it and woof. Huh. Okay. And it's not that's not coming back. Um, I wish they would. I would love Oh wait, no, William, you're right, it is coming back. <laughs> okay. You're right, it is coming back. I'm yeah. sorry. I forgot. Yeah, you're right, it is. Well, at least you apologized. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. It seems weird because it, it didn't end that long ago. It ended like maybe two or maybe three years ago. So it seems soon for a reboot, but it speaks to what a good premise it is and how fun it is. So I hope it's good. And also it's, and this could be, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's being brought back by um, the guy who does Riverdale. So Oh, okay. Sure. And like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It's um I can't remember his full name. Yeah, there's a but... whole a whole universe of stuff he's got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. I hope it's good. But anyway. Pretty little liars rules and they did texts that were scary texts from an anonymous killer. I I think to wonderful effect. And Scream did it and it kind of farts and dies on the screen. <laughs> so <laughs> as they say. Mm-hmm. So, in Scream the TV series, they have Bella Thorne be like the Drew Barrymore of the series, the most famous of the cast who's killed off right away. Bella Thorne and some dude in a car have a scene that William and I very much enjoy. We've quoted it so many times. So many times. They just pulled up after like a, a date night out. And uh, I don't know what they're talking about, but... It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like the guy in the car is like... <laughs> I don't know. She, he's saying like, maybe not this, but let's say he said, I would kill for you. Right. And then he goes, officer, she made me do it. She makes me do a lot of things. With this like weird little smile. There's this disgusting cornball smile. I can't Officer, even do it. she made me do it. She makes, she makes me, me do a lot of things. And then he like turns and looks at her. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's atrocious. It's really crazy. You know, uh, we're going to be, uh, this week, we're going to have a new episode of the Netherworld Dispatch. Yeah where we talk about slashers on TV, but like slasher cameos, like Freddy Krueger being on the Goldbergs. We're going to... Pretty little liars then. We're going to watch clips. We're going to play the clips and talk about them on the Netherworld Dispatch. You can hear it on patreon.com slash Pod. Let's watch the opening of Scream the TV series. Okay, it's, great. It's not That'll the same, be there. It's not the same as a Freddy Krueger cameo on something. It's notable. But people and need it's... to see it and hear it. 
You need to. Sign up for the Patreon. We're going to watch stuff this week. For no other reason. Look, just bounce right after that if you need to. But you need to watch. You have to see it. We had to see it, so you do too. Absolutely. Um, so here is what happens. Spoiler for the first season of Scream. The killer turns out to be Brandon James's child, Piper, who is a true crime podcaster who came into town to do investigation and research into Brandon James for a documentary and seek revenge. Mm. That was her cover, but she was there to kill people to avenge her father. In the second season of the Scream TV show, um, with the same characters and everything, we find out that Piper had a secret accomplice who we never saw helping her with anything during that first season, but was. It was friend of the group, Kieran, who is dating the main character, Emma, in season two. Yeah. So a little bit of a, um, like, Scream 3, I was there influencing the whole time, but you didn't know it sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, they, they managed to do an entire trilogy mm-hmm. of ideas in the two seasons. Yeah. Um, in and of itself, these are not necessarily bad ideas. No. no. It, is the, it is the feeling of the show, yeah. and it is the writing and execution of yeah, the show. Yeah, there's just a... a, a blahness there it doesn't it doesn't like hit right you know because even as you described like she's a true crime podcaster and she's the I know, I like it's that like idea. that's a scream kind of thing it's like a modern scream kind of thing i guess i like that idea um but like i also remember that she takes the mask and she's like surprised to see me yeah. and you're like oh yes <laughs> <laughs> oh i am oh, oh god i'm really surprised <laughs> Put it back on. Oh, God. Okay, so now let's talk about what is, you could either say it's season three or kind of a, a new reboot of the Scream on yeah. TV thing. People refer to it both ways. It's officially titled Scream Resurrection. And this is yet again a total departure. So it's nothing like the first two seasons of Scream TV. It's also nothing like the Scream movies. It's its own thing. And it has some cool people in it. Tony Todd is in it. Mary J. Blige, Kiki Palmer. There's the original ghost, uh, ghost face voice, Roger L. Roger Jackson, L. Jackson, who's been doing our intros for Slashtober, you may mm-hmm. have noticed. But not good. Very, very widely panned. And it seems like even the production companies at Network knew that they didn't have something great because it didn't come out for three years after it was announced and filmed and everything. And then VH1 dumped it all yeah. in three nights. Like, I think they just wanted to, like, get it out there and, like, wash their hands out of it, maybe mm-hmm. for con- contractual reasons or something like that. So in this show, they do a fake out, a Drew Barrymore style famous person fake out with Paris Jackson in the opening but she doesn't get killed you feel it coming because now you're like i know how these things go and they did it in the scream tv series before so now they're doing it with paris jackson but it's just a little so Ghostface goes to stab paris jackson but it's just one of those retractable knives and it's halloween it's just a little kid who runs on his way and she's like have a good night huh. and so you're like oh okay you're playing with it whatever The main character in this show is named Dion, and his brother was killed eight years ago by a man with a hook hand. That's Tony Todd. So kind of a la Sydney. He's had a death in the family that was traumatic like Sydney with her mother. And it's even stunt casting to give Tony Todd a hook hand because of Candyman. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So that's a very scream sort of thing to do. Yeah, fun. I like the idea of that. Um, so that, that's his deal. That's his life. He's a teenager. He's in school. He gets sent to detention one day and the group there nicknames themselves the dead fist club. 
Oh my god, I forgot about that. So it's a group of kids who don't normally hang out with each other, like the Breakfast Club. Right. They nickname themselves the Dead Fist They like Club. went to commercial on that line. They were like, if we don't figure this out, instead of the Breakfast Club, we're going to be camera pushing the Dead Fist Club, the Dead Fast Club. Yeah. Dead Fast Club. Yeah, it's like Dead Breck- Fast like, Club. Like the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. commercial. It was... <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, it's tough stuff. And they, this was all advertised with like, we got the costume back, we got the mask back. Yeah, right. We got Roger L. Jackson back. Right. We have some hallmarks of the original back, mm-hmm. but I almost wish that they had kept the Brandon James mask. Maybe, like, yeah. Maybe when the 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 like icons of the franchise come back, it should be like what they're doing now, where mm-hmm. where they're trying to honor what came before. Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, so Ghostface starts picking people off unsurprisingly, and it turns out to be spoilers. Dion's stepbrother Jamal, who has teamed up with Dead Fist Club member goth girl Beth. Beth is a psychopath who wants to kill people. And she kind of like talks Jamal into it and manipulates him and sort of like stokes the fires of his anger and resentment at Dion because Dion gets more attention from Jamal's dad, Dion's stepdad, than Jamal does. That was okay. That's why. So she just wanted. She just wants to kill people. She's just like a psychopath who says that like she watches like she's like, why do you think I love horror movies so much? Because I'm a psychopath. Oh, my God. She says that. Yes. Something like that. Oh, no. What does that say about everyone? Exactly. So there is a bloody disgusting article that's in the show notes. That's like Scream Resurrection manages to insult all of its fans. Right. In like one fell swoop. Uh, So, yeah, she's saying, like, I watch horror movies and I'm all goth because I'm psychotic. Don't you see? And she, like, manipulated Jamal, Jamal, right? Yep. Into um, killing people with her to ultimately get back at Dion. So it's as if Stu was the mastermind, right? Like, it's as if Stu was the mastermind. And even though Billy has the emotional tie, he's just sort of, like, been manipulated and toyed with. Mm Mm-hmm. Sort of unsatisfying and weird for your mastermind I, to have I, like no motive, is, right. but be a mastermind at the same time is weird. Like, why do you need him? I, mean, I guess she's kind of Dexter esque in that she just wants to kill. I guess. And so she got somebody to team up with her to maybe cover more ground. Maybe to, she just wanted to like cause mayhem and lots of murder or something like not that. Not to sell him out so that she can just keep going? Doesn't that, I don't think so. Not from what I read. I did not watch all of this. Okay. I, I did. watched I know I you don't did. Remember. You don't remember? Okay. No. Um I watched like part of the first episode and then did research online. Okay. I watched clips and stuff like did that. Did you like it? No, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. It was really, really bad. Like, we can be like, oh, yeah, Scream the TV show didn't have, like, the pop that makes you really engaged. This was like, oh, this is a bad TV show. Yeah. I remember there were a lot of people that were, like, very a very small group of people mm-hmm. were very vocal about what is this show? What are you doing? You did season one and season two, and you're throwing it away? Uh, yeah, no, I Like, know. how can yeah. you not continue the first two seasons? They made a movie. They made, like, a TV yes. movie. It was like a Halloween special. Yes. And so they at least gave it sort of a capper. Like what mm-hmm. we actually advocated for before of like, just do a movie. Just cap it off. You wanted it for, what oh, did you want it for? Like real housewives oh, of uh, Glow. Um, and uh, so they they did that. Yeah. 
But then people were also like, you made the show, you made the the new season three thing, Mm -hmm. Resurrection with Mary J. Blige, you made that and you're not releasing it? Mm -hmm. Like tweeting at people every day to be like, where is it? Give it to us. And when they did, everyone was like, Oh. Oh no. Oh no. I mean, if it's already there, I can understand it's already why there, I guess, want... if yeah. I was a fan of like Scream the TV series and I felt like there was hope for another or if there was like encouragement that another TV season could be good, yeah. I'd be like that too. I'd be like, release it. Yeah. But you know, I just wasn't into it. So totally. it didn't seem like it was gonna be good, even though I like the people who are involved in it. Yeah. So kind of a disappointment. Now, before we jump over to Harper's Island, which will be our finisher, I just want to quickly comment on an episode of a TV show that was slasher themed. This is the show Psych that you talked about in our episode on Psychic Detectives a few months ago. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a show about a guy who pretends to be psychic, but he just is like super duper perceptive and opens a psychic detective agency, just kind of like fleecing everybody and being like, I have a vision. And he does solve crimes because he's really good. He's like a yeah. genius, but he's not actually psychic. psychic. Um, and when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, that show sounds good. I should watch that. Watch that. And then like lots of people were commenting and writing to us being like, psych is great. You have to watch it. So I've jumped around. I'm yeah. still like in season one, but I've jumped and looked up like what are horror episodes of psych and then gone through time and watched those. And it's a really fun show. I like it. And so I'm just going to briefly tell you about an episode called Tuesday the 17th. So this came out in 2009 and it is season three, episode 15. So the main characters, Gus and Sean, are hired by a friend who bought their old summer camp and was going to open it up, but a counselor went missing. So he needs help solving this so they can open up and everything can be fine. It turns out that the missing counselor thing was a lie and the friend is opening up the camp as a themed murder camp. Huh. Um, a murder mystery type dinner camp experience because the camp was originally closed after an electrician was electrocuted and died in the pool. So the camp has a reputation for death and they're kind of capitalizing on that. So Gus and Sean find out that it's a joke or actually Gus knew he was in on it. He's messing with Sean. They find out it was a joke and it's like, okay, great. We can just relax and hang out with our friends. But then real murders start happening And it turns out, spoiler, that the son of the electrician who died got a job at the reopened camp and decided to kill people there because he didn't like that they were making a mockery of his father's death by reopening it as a murder camp. That makes sense. Yeah. That's like a motive. Yep. That's a premise. Yes. That story has a premise. Yes. And it was fun. There were like, I can't remember now because I I watched it a long time ago. There were like homages to different horror movies in it and stuff. It was fun. You can tell that the people who make like really like horror movies. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about our last slasher TV show. There's a little bit of a weird deep cut, but it's a show called Harper's Island that aired on CBS in the 2000s. Now, I talked about this, and you can find it on YouTube. If you search for Dearly Departed Pop Harper's Island, it'll come up. There's a part one and a part two for a show that I kind of like experimentally did like last year or something like that about canceled TV shows. And it just, you know, didn't work out for something that I wanted to do long term. But if you want to go watch that, you can go find that on YouTube. So here's the deal with this show. And I'm going to give you kind of like a spoiler free premise from Wikipedia. And then I'll, then I'll spoil what it was. They say the show takes place on Harper's Island where John Wakefield went on a killing spree and murdered a number of people before supposedly being killed by the island sheriff, Charlie Mills. One of the victims was the sheriff's wife. 
After her death, Sheriff Mills sent their daughter, Abby, to live with family in L.A., and she hasn't returned since. After seven years, Abby is finally returning to the island for her best friend Henry's wedding, but now the killing starts again and everyone is a suspect. The guests manage to unlock the secrets of the island and of Wakefield as the series progresses. Mm. So what happens is it's like a locked room mystery, but it's all in an island. So there are like tons of guests there and stuff. And one by one, they are picked off. Wow. There's a little girl voice that says one by one, like with the credits of the show. Yeah. And maybe even when they cut, no, they can't be. I was gonna say when they cut to commercial, but that would be insane. There's no way. I do feel like I heard it a lot though. I do too. It couldn't have just been in the beginning. I watched the show to, to sort of like, you know, be part of the conversation when mm-hmm. Chris was doing Dearly Departed Pop. And I really enjoyed it. It's really good. Yeah. It's a good show. So what ends up happening is, like I said, they're picked off one by one. You don't know who it is, but you obviously assume that it's the serial killer who is back to the island for revenge or whatever. And it's eventually revealed that it's not him. It is the groom in the wedding who is killing everybody because he feels like everybody is between him and Abby between them being like best friends because he didn't grow up on the Island. He would just come to the Island to visit for summers. And he, oh, also I think he's John Wakefield's son. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. Is that but like the he's... reason he's killing people, he also has like, you know, the Wakefield gene or whatever, but he's killing people because they grew apart over time. And he always wanted to just live on the Island with her and have it just be the two of them. And that was like a cutesy little kid thing that they would say to each other. And so now he's going to make this. So he's going to bring everybody to the Island, the place that he loved so much, and then eliminate everybody until it can be just him and Abby. Okay. Mm hmm. Are they brother and sister or something? No. No? Okay. All right. No, they kind of feel like it. They don't have a romantic vibe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I... I you're right. I, I realized I, I don't remember at all what his, like, motive was. That was it? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, he, he also, like, had some, like, bad boy impulses, but he wanted to be alone with his best friend, Abby, who he's obsessed with because he was, like, obsessed with island life. Right, yeah. And living there with her, and everybody else was just in the way hmm. of them getting to hang out all the time. So it's fun. The kills are really fun. It's campy, but not, like, over the top. Uh, it's not like a comedy show or anything like that, but they don't mind having some like goofy kills and stuff. Yeah. It's a really fun show. Yeah. And I totally recommend it. A totally like forgotten, forgotten yeah. gem. Yes, absolutely. You know, is gem the right word? Yeah, sure. Gem? I mean, it's not like, like the best show of all time or anything, but it's right. good. Yeah. I would it's, say it's a forgotten gem. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a, um, it's like a really good necklace you get at like Target. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, costume jewelry. Yeah. It was it was very, very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching that show. Mm-hmm. And I remembered like the promos being on TV and stuff. I had mistakenly remembered it as like people would vote off a new well, person every week, like like American Idol, like <laughs> vote for who's gonna die. It did have an audience interaction element that was viewers could win a thousand dollars if they correctly guessed the next victim. Oh, okay. So, so you are correct. There okay. was something going on with that. Yeah, they did some kind of like interesting stuff with it. It had this online world building slash community building thing. So there was a website called Harper's Globe that was supposed to be the website of the Harper's Island local newspaper where a reporter kept a public video diary. So if you search for web series Harper's Globe on YouTube, you can see all of these things. 
And it's basically a prequel. It was a uh, video content that was uploaded daily leading up to the premiere of the show. So That's you get cool. hyped up for it. And there were also like photos and blogs. So you could really dig into it. And there was also like a social networking element where you could create a profile and talk to other people. Oh my God. It was like very deep. It reminds me of like Hunt to Killer special features. Yeah. If you look at that, it actually reminds me of like Blair Witch special features a little bit. The Blair Witch box. Sure. Um, it also reminds me of the Blair Witch Project companion faux documentary Curse of the Blair Witch because it's also a prequel thing. It's very cool and yeah. like very extensive. That's interesting. What year was this? I think it was 2009. So that was like... Was yeah, weird, it was 2009. Weird observation. Yes. In 2009, we'd only had iPhones for like a year or two. Really? Yeah. I think they came out 2007, 2008. Okay. Something like that. Like, I almost feel like this idea is just too early. Kind to of. have all of that scattered material out there to find and get and engage with. Like, yeah. like now, like our phones are so super advanced that like a lot of people don't even bother getting like laptops and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like may, that's like a very now idea that I think yeah. might do uh, really well. Maybe it was just too early. Maybe. All of that stuff, all that material, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. Um, there aren't really a lot of like big name celebrities in it. Harry Hamlin is in it. Harry Hamlin. Happy to see him. The Ham Man. The Ham Man. It was originally cast with Bill Pullman. That's right. But he Pullmaned out. Mm-hmm. And so Harry came in. But you can find um, you can find footage of like Bill Pullman playing Uncle Marty online if you look for oh it. Oh, my God. How am I getting nostalgic for something that I watched like last year? It's good. It was good. It was a good show. It's good. There's a scene. There's a kill that was like emotional. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, God, I'm like sad this is happening. And they did distinctly pull off like a slasher vibe on, it's, on it's TV. It's an un like you cannot dispute that it's a slasher. It's right. a killing every week in like a different weird way. I think somebody gets like bow and arrowed to death. I think like a there's like a tree booby trap that like grabs somebody. Yeah. It's really, really fun. It almost and feels like and then there were none. Like they lean yeah. into that sort of quality of of, of storytelling. Yeah. Which absolutely. is part of the slasher lineage, as we discussed in our slasher history episode. Yeah, completely. And I'm yeah. very disappointed that it didn't do better because it was originally supposed to be an anthology show, which is again something kind of ahead of its time for 2009. Yeah. Now we have a million anthology shows, but then like, you know, I didn't look, but not many. Right. Um, but it just didn't do well enough. The first three episodes were on a Thursday and then it moved to a Sunday night and any like drama show moved to a weekend is yeah. definitely like a kiss of death. It's like a graveyard. Um, it just had really low viewership overall. And one of the anthology ideas for a different season was floated by the producer, John Turtletaub. Um, it was Harper's Safari. Okay. Okay. But if Harper is the through line of this anthology, then who is Harper? Yeah, exactly. They don't bring up Harper. Do we ever find out? Because it's just that the island is called Harper's Island. Right. That's the location of the place. Did Harper, like, I don't know, buy lots of land different places? I guess so. Were we going to get a website of, like, Harper's video blogs discussing his real estate magnate business? I don't know. But I wish that we had it because I would love to see this premise in different places. It was really creative. Yeah. It was really fun. I think I love a – well, not always. I am interested in network horror. I kind of like yeah. the sort of like 
the same kind of like formulaic, I don't even say that necessarily in a bad way, feel that network shows have applied to horror things. It's interesting. Because it feels weird and different. There's a show that's on, it, it's coming back, it's not on right now, but there's a show that's had one season called Evil that's on Netflix right now. And it seems like a lot of people are watching it because I know it's on the top, it's in the top 10 of Netflix shows. That's a straight up Bonkies horror show hmm. that's on CBS. And it does really strange, kooky, sometimes unsettling things. It's not super serious. It's definitely not like prestige horror or anything. Yeah. But it's not a goofy comedy. It's just kind of fun and weird. Huh. And I like seeing that network thing of like, we have to deliver because the big guy's upstairs. Right. But we're going to sneak in a weird demon. Yeah, I, I like that too. That's why, that was one of the things that was really appealing about Hannibal mm-hmm. when it was on TV. Is like there's, Hannibal doesn't even feel like a network thing. Definitely it, the first season does. It doesn't feel like does. a, n- right, true. Yeah. But like, it has that feeling of like, ooh, this is inappropriate to be where it is right now. Yeah. Like part of the fun of watching Hannibal was seeing that it was on like ABC or whatever. Is that on NBC? It was and so was it weird. on NBC? Mm-hmm. It's like looking down at the little watermark and being like, "Ooh, this isn't supposed to be here." Yeah, like, the Tonight Show's on later. What yeah, do you mean? it's just so we- that's going away. Yeah, you know, like w- w- with streaming services really taking over. Like maybe it will be fun to be like, "Ooh, I watched a horror movie on Disney Plus." Like that's yeah. not supposed to be there. Yeah, like, maybe that will evoke that feeling. But I, I agree with you. That yeah. vibe of like, there's a certain sheen to network shows. Yeah, and it's the vibe of like, oh, people are like sitting at their dinner table, and this is on in mm-hmm. the living room or something like that and it's like oh hide the kids right the news was just on yeah exactly yeah that's it's kind of fun it's, it's fun to me too sneaky. i i kind of seek them out i enjoy that sure so that's slashers on tv those are the slashers on tv where they tried to be a slasher show yes but as already discussed Kristen and i are also this week going to be taking a look at slashers on tv who are making cameos that's right i've pulled a bunch of different clips of like freddy krueger on shows of uh of jason Voorhees on arsenio hall Kristen and i are going to watch these and talk about them and it's going to go up on the netherworld dispatch feed on patreon.com slash gttu pod and it's going to be there if you're listening to the show in real time, it's already there waiting for you. That's a very good point. Yeah. Once the show drops, it should be there. So you yep. can do a double feature of both of these. The slashers that wanted to be slashers mm-hmm. and the slashers that wanted to sneak into your other entertainment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, but yeah, there you go, everybody. That's brought us to the end of another episode of Guide to the Unknown. That's right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. As mentioned before, please go to gttupod.com to find links to our Patreon, our merch. You can find our private Facebook group, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, hit up huntakiller.com slash blog to read Kristen's thoughts on the horror genre. I'm saying it vaguely because there will be yeah. more. Uh, go to huntakiller.com slash Blair Witch to, to get to participate in my take on that franchise alongside uh, uh, amazing other creators at the company. I'm always wary of making it be like a vision from Will Rogers. I don't think you make it sound that way. Good. Yeah, I don't. Uh, But so yeah, definitely go check out both of those things. Uh, Follow at GTTU pod. You can even talk to us online. That's right. I'm at chillin Kristen. I am at the myth traveler. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week as slash Tober continues. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Bye bye. Bye bye. What was your What was your symbol for? I don't know. Travel. Travel like down a corridor. Yeah, we must travel. Netherworld. Oh yeah, netherworld. Netherworld. I'm seeing it come. Go we. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs>